This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Exodus chapter 13, (coughs) starting with verse 11, and we are dealing with we're dealing with the first fruits and uh, the firstborn and the law of the firstborn. And uh, this is an idea that, like I said yesterday, is intrinsically tied to the understanding of leaving Egypt and making it to the promised land. It's kind of like one of those underlying assumptions, underlying fundamentals of the Christian life that has to be preeminent, has to be the the starting point, the setting of the Christian life. I, I talk about many of these. I talk about the sovereignty of God, that God, in order for you to really experience Christian life in its fullness, you've got to, you've got to understand that God's sovereign, God's in control, God's the creator, that this is not a situation where there's some kind of committee of God, the devil, maybe some major religious figures in heaven that decide everything. It's not a situation where we in some way alter the universe, that we can change the laws of nature and make them succumb to our to our desires and our wants. That's not how it works. We You need to understand as a believer, primarily and firstly, that God's sovereign. That's a critical understanding. And if you don't understand that, you begin to wonder why things happen the way they happen. You begin to you begin to think about things happening and considering things that are outside even the possibility because you don't really realize that God's in control. This is one of those understandings that that kind of orient your brain toward that. And remember, a lot of the things that God told the Israelites to do were pictures of New Testament understandings. They were also to orient the people of Israel toward him. And orienting your people, orienting the people that he was going to take out of Egypt and into the promised land toward his will and his ways, that would be natural because you want these people to understand who you are because you're the one leading them out. And the idea of consecrating or setting aside the firstborn, later on you will see the first fruit offering And that is a parallel idea that helps the people understand that they need to orient their lives in such a way whenever something happens to bring God as the primary constant into the equation. And I know when I start talking about math, oftentimes people's eyes cross, they pass out, they curl up in the floor in a fetal position and beg for mercy. I realize that. But in any equation that's not just simple math. And when I say simple math, that's addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. That's simple math. When you move past simple math, some of us in the sixth grade, others never really moved past it. But when you move past simple math, you add variables. And in an equation, usually the first variable that you ever add is A. 
a plus four equals seven, and then you subtract four from both sides and you get a equals three. Three plus four equals seven. That makes sense, right? The variable is the thing that does not is not controllable. It's not, you're not sure about it. You might be able to figure it out and then you get all the way up into multivariable calculus and all kinds of things like that where there's very all kinds of variables and all kinds of equations and things like that. But in every equation in the universe, in every equation in the universe, there's one constant and that constant's God. And so when you're trying to decipher the code of life, when you're trying to figure out the equations of how to live your life, when you're trying to figure out how things are working out, oftentimes we bring everything to the table, all the variables to the table, and we never ever use the constant. And by the way, without the constant, it becomes very difficult to figure out what's going on. And so if I've got a friend that's in trouble or struggling with something, oftentimes I want to bring everything to bear on that situation and I don't bring God to bear on the situation. Uh, so many times in life, when you don't know where to turn, you don't know which direction to go in. Oftentimes you ask for advice and counsel from everybody else, but you fail to seek the counsel of God. And First Kings says that we're to first seek the counsel of God. And that is the important understanding. That's why it was written there. It's throughout the Bible that first, needs to be God. And when we put into put this into practice in our lives, and that's what the law of the firstborn is about, is about putting into practice that whenever anything happens, we bring to bear God on the situation first. Is it's a life, it's a life practice. Modern times we call them life hacks. They're the easy way to fix problems. And if you know them, you can fix problems really quickly. Let me say this. If you want to figure out how to live life well, the one of the primary life hacks of living, the way to make it happen, is to bring God to bear in your mind and in your heart on every situation. And so that's what they're doing when they have their first fruits offering. And that's what they're doing when they dedicate the firstborn to God. We're saying in our family, in our lives, in our community, in the way we do things, the first person that we're going to bring, the first constant that we're going to bring to bear on every situation is going to be God. And it says, and it shall be when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, verse 11 of chapter 13, as he swore to you and your fathers to give it to you, that you shall set apart to the Lord all that opened the womb. That is every firstborn that comes from an animal, which you have, the male shall be the Lord's. But every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. Notice, God doesn't necessarily want all their first animals. He doesn't want them for sacrifice. But what he does want them to do is to realize every time you have a firstborn, and then later on it's going to be the first fruits of everything, but every time you have a first thing that happens, you give God the first fruits. Now, that's really good for good stuff. It's excellent for bad stuff. Did y'all know that? Yeah. If I deal with a bad, rough situation and I bring and I give God my first anxiety about it, you know what? Oftentimes I don't deal with anxiety. When I deal with a situation that I think is going to be perilous and maybe very destructive for me or a friend or a family member, if I give God that first pang of fear, the first pang of fear, I bring the constant on on to bear on the first pang of fear and I hand that fear over to God.
if I do that rightly, if I do that properly, oftentimes I don't walk in fear anymore. And so it's not just it's not just the good things, it's everything. Notice, he, he said, I want you to give everything that opens the womb, the start of everything. And that picture of opening the womb is the first thing that happens. It's the initiator. It's the beginning. Every time something begins, every time something new happens, to include days, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I give him the first thought of the day. I give him the first, I give him the first act of the day. I give him the the first work of my hand. I give God the first of everything that happens. I begin to orient my life in such a way that when something new starts, I give God the first of it. And let me tell you something, that has been a hallmark of Judaism and Christianity for well over three millennia. It has been the hallmark of it. And we live in a society in some ways that makes that a little bit more difficult because we don't do, most of us aren't farmers and most of them, most of us don't have animals that are regularly bringing about children and, and folds or whatever you call the different animal babies, animal babies, whatever we call those things, we don't give those out. We don't have, we don't have harvest time a lot. We work jobs, and oftentimes we don't have those seasons of first coming in. But we do have it coming with our with our children. We have it coming oftentimes with our lives in, in lots of situations. So we can easily transfer this understanding from animals being brought in because they were important for life to the things that we do. You have to learn to transfer the understanding, but also place the fundamental principle in place, which is that God's the first of everything. He's the first of every part of our, and every aspect of our lives. And when you do that, you, first of all, put God, the very, the constant into the equation. So oftentimes the answer comes a lot quicker. You give God the things that are not going to bring about God's best, that are not going to bring about God's, the hope that's found in him. You hand those off, you push those away because you've handed them to God. You know, when we talk about coming to the altar and placing things on the altar and leaving it there, if I place fear on the altar right when it comes up, then I can leave it there and not come back. If I place anxiety on the altar, if I place hopelessness on the altar, all those things, when I place them on that altar, I can leave them there and not come back and get them. And then I can walk in peace and understanding with God and seek out his will and his way in that situation. But if I don't, in my mind, always bring God to bear on the equation, if, I, if my first thought is not, is not but God, you know, so it's this and this is what happened. And then the first thing you think is, but God, okay, where's God in this? Okay. I heard all the, I heard all the variables, but I need to bring the constant to bear on it. I heard what you told me, the story that you told me, the issue that we're facing. But remember, I got to bring God into the equation because when I bring him into the equation, all of a sudden, there's a lot of light, there's a lot of understanding, and there's a lot of hope. And finally, there's a lot less to distract and to discourage and to take away from who and what I'm supposed to be in that situation. He says, but every first, notice, and you don't have to give the first donkey. You can sup you you can supplement that with a lamb, and that's what he's saying here. Then you shall break its neck, and all the firstborn 
of a man among you, your sons, you shall redeem. Notice the firstborn of the first male child is supposed to be redeemed also. And how does that redeem? We don't kill the firstborn. Jesus is the only one who is the final sacrifice. But what do we do? We redeem that with a lamb. There's a giving of the first. So it shall be when your son asks you in time to come saying, what is this? that you shall say to him, by strength, notice, when your children come and ask you, why are you giving these first, why are you dedicating, why are you consecrating, why are you setting aside these first fruits? When that happens, notice God's given us the purpose right here in verse 14. By You tell them, by strength of hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. So what is he saying? What he's saying is, when your children ask, why are we consecrating the first fruit? We're telling them because when we give God the first of everything, we recognize that God has delivered us from bondage. It In our minds and in our emotions, we begin to understand that in every way God has provided for us. He's given us provision. And so it, say, it came to pass when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go that the Lord killed the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of the beast. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all males that open the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. And what he's saying is, it's a picture. God destroyed Egypt because Egypt refused to recognize him. God, God judged the world and rightly judged the world because the world had denied its creator. God judged Egypt because Egypt denied his power, even though he made himself evident to them. And for the children of Israel, they had a duty to remember that and to recognize that God is first. And my decisions can't be based off of what I perceive is in my best interest, because my best interest always starts with God. And it's never separated from God. What's in my best interest always comes from his interest, and his interest is primary. And so when I sacrifice the first of my labor, the first of my the things that I own, the first of my children, when I make a sacrifice for them to redeem them, when I do that, I'm recognizing the preeminency of God and ultimately foreshadowing the preeminency of Christ. And it's an important understanding that we have to ask. It says in verse 16, it shall be a sign on your hand and on as a frontlets between your eyes, meaning it's going to be right there before you. For by strength of hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt. What he's saying is, I'm always going to be the constant right there in front of you. And the only way for you to do that is for you to regularly make me the first in everything you think of and everything you do. Now, this principle is going to be real important down the road because the Jews are not going to do exactly what they should do. Duh, that's just how it works, isn't it? They didn't do what they they should do all the time. We don't do what we should do all the time. We struggle with this. This is difficult. It's not easy. Uh, Listen, if I was telling you, if I was giving you some kind of life hack that was easy, then we would just have some real quick video on it and we'd move on, right? This is the ultimate life hack, okay? This is not, this this ain't the easy one, okay? This is the one where you have to reorient everything about you because Everything about your life up until this moment 
or up until the moment you meet with God, up until the moment you come to a relationship with him, everything in life has all been about you. You've been self-centered. Let me tell you something. I spent a whole weekend making a little baby girl, little Naomi. I I focused on her all weekend. It wasn't all weekend. She got here Tuesday night and left Sunday afternoon. I focused on her the whole time. You know why? Because she is important. She's my first grandchild, and she is of great importance in the kingdom of God because she's one of the she's one of the children of his children, and so I focused on her. But she's and she's very delicate, and every little baby is important. But also, they're so helpless, and they have to be taken care of in every possible way. And so, when you're growing up, you're taken care of, and you're the focus, and everything's about you. But when you get older and you mature and you become an adult, you realize that every that really nothing's about you. It's all about God. And this life hack of giving God the first of everything, the first of my thoughts, the first of my day, the first of my struggles, the first of the goodness of his hand, giving him back the first of everything is a way that I can orient my mind away from the selfishness of this world and the selfishness of my flesh and orient myself toward him. And when I do that, well, I get the answer. Oftentimes that's the, that's what happens. I take the constant, I put it in the equation and I get the answer. And when that happens, life's easier. It's life's a lot easier when you realize God's in charge and you're not. It really is. It, it requires other ways of doing life. Sure, but it's a whole lot easier to walk by faith than it is to walk in your darkness. And I would say to you this morning that I believe that God's going to do all these things for you. Take this principle and put it to work. Try to put it to work today in your life. Make God first in everything and see that he doesn't prove himself to be the almighty God that he is. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.